What's up, gamers? This episode of Restore Point is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. If you go to manscaped.com slash HQ and put in code HQ20, you'll get free shipping, 20% off the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, and a couple of gifts from Manscaped. So while you're gaming, you'll have nice clean shaved nuts, you'll have some nice boxers, and then you'll have a nice bag to put all this gear in. Dev, you ever hurt your nuts shaving? Oh, yeah, using your face trimmer? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, dude, it sucks. Oh, my God. And then you got you got to, like, TP. It's bad. Oh, it's, it's bad. You know, the lawnmower 3.0... That's just not happening. Nips that in the bud. Yeah. So all you got to do is go to manscaped.com slash HQ, put in code HQ20 for 20% off, free shipping, and those two free gifts, and please enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to Restore Point, uh, a video game retro nostalgia podcast where uh, me and uh, there's too many us and ahs. That's all right, dude. You know, whatever. Uh, where me and my friend Dev talk about video games that we love and we do a little historical deep dive and what they meant at the time they came out and what they mean to us. How's it going, Dev? It's going pretty well today. Uh, so today in our pilot slash inaugural episode, we are going to talk about the Konami and PlayStation Classic Metal Gear Solid. So Metal Gear Solid was released in the fall of 1998, and it is technically the third game in the Metal Gear series, the first two released on the original Nintendo system. So it was eight years after the last 8-bit version, and this was having the series actually completely skip over the 16-bit era and go just straight on to 32 onto PlayStation. It also sees the series creator Hideo Kojima back into the director's seat for the first time since the 1994 smash hit Police Knots, which was on Sega CD, which I had never got a chance to play, sadly. Wait a second. Wait a second. When you say back in the director's seat, you mean like he, uh, maybe I just don't know the timeline of Metal Gear games great, but he was a director on the first two Metal Gears, right? Yeah, and like story oh, okay. writer. And oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So and, and then he did Police Knots and then just chill for four years. Yep. And then Probably making back. this game. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I believe this was in development for for quite a while. Actually, I think it was, I believe it was in development since before Police Knots came out. So Whoa. it was kind of doing two things at once. It was like a huge, oh, it was like a massive undertaking. Huh. Yeah. So this is where we're at. Metal Gear Solid puts us back in the boots of Solid Snake, who was a retired soldier pulled back into business by his old colonel, Roy Campbell. Because a group of terrorists have taken over a nuclear weapons disposal facility on Shadow Moses Island, which is a real place in the Fox Archipelago in Alaska. Really? Yep. Can yep. we go? We could go. Can we vlog it? <laughs> I mean, we could. Huh. Real cold. Mm, okay, maybe not. Fuck it. Yeah. And so these terrorists have two demands. One, they want the body of a legendary soldier named Big Boss, who Snake has defeated twice prior in the first two Metal Gear games. Oh. And their second demand is $1 billion. And if they don't get these, then they will launch a nuclear strike in 24 hours. Mm. So the terrorists are part of an elite special forces unit called Foxhound, which Snake and Campbell were both a part of. That's where Snake was, or sorry, Roy Campbell was Snake's colonel in that, in that outfit. Oh. And so the new leader, the new unit, is led by a man named Liquid Snake, which we will get to later who has the same code name, clearly, as our protagonist, Solid Snake. And so our main man, Snake, has two missions. One, to rescue the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson, and the arms tech president, Kenneth Baker. And then two, to find out if the terrorists have the ability to launch a nuclear strike and stop them if they do. 
So before we go any further, I feel like we should establish that uh, I don't think we're ever going to like straight up spoil a game, but some people are probably going to consider what we talk about to be spoilers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, we're probably going to spoil the game. So mm -hmm. if you've never played Metal Gear Solid and you have somehow made it like over 20 years, uh, you should turn this off because you're going to be upset probably. Yeah. If you are, if you are interested in playing it at, if you're interested in playing it, uh, there's definitely going to be some spoiler elements, but if you're interested in playing it and still want to move on, because um, honestly, you're not going to, there's going to be a lot of, there's so much, there's stuff, so much so. stuff that we couldn't yeah. spoil. There's not enough time to spoil yeah. everything in the game. Yeah. Um, so the, the first thing that I want to say about Metal Gear, and I think that maybe even to run it back a little bit, the preface, the reason I wanted to do restore point with you especially is that you're five years older than me and from 25 to 30, that's not a big jump. Like we're doing the same life shit right now. But when this game came out, I was four. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was nine years old. Yeah. Like it, and that jump is fucking massive. And so I think the perspectives that we're going to have on this are just going to be so insanely different because, uh, when this game came out, well, a, I wasn't really playing my PlayStation like that. I was way more on my N64. Um, but I remember like banging my head against the wall playing this game. Like I, when I was a kid, I did not get into metal gear. It wasn't until I got older and I had older friends that all loved it. I think around the time metal gear solid four came out, like every, that was when it reentered my consciousness. Uh, and I was like, Oh, I should really pay attention to this game. But when it came out, dude, I was way too dumb to understand mm -hmm. it. Like I specifically remember, which we'll talk about later. I'm sure the psycho mantis fight where, you know, you obviously have to like change the uh, controller port from mm. one to two. Yes. Oh, I just couldn't do it. Like I didn't know. I couldn't understand it. Didn't. Uh, by the way, you couldn't like Google shit like that back then. No, you couldn't. Like, I don't think Google was a thing in you '98. Didn't, but there were strategy guides. There were strategy. There guides, were strategy so. guides, and the really cool thing is that you could call different people on the codec, and they would give you the information that you needed. Oh, like if you were really, really stuck, yeah. if you called Campbell enough, he would like, he would kind of go like, okay, like how do we defeat Psycho Mantis? How do we do this? Call him back a few more times. He might even, he might even ping you. And if, I, I don't know, let's just say the third or fourth time you call him, he'll be like, use the controller port. He'll be like, if you, oh. yeah, he'll literally say, oh. he'll say, switch the controller port to port two. That should stop him from being ah. able to sit, to read your memory or read your mind. So that's something that's really interesting about games of this era. And I feel like games have it now, uh, where like, uh, resident evil four has adaptive difficulty, mm, right? Yes. Like the better you do more zombies come and fuck yeah, you yeah. up, whatever. And I feel like, uh, Metal Gear and um, Resident Evil were games that did that. Mm. Resident Evil 2, maybe, uh, were games that did that early on. And I feel like that's just so... Uh, revolutionary sounds like such a dumb word, but I, mean, I feel but like it, it's like... It was. It was straight yeah, up. Like, like, the game just being like, we know this is difficult. It's supposed to be difficult, but we want you to finish playing the game. Yeah. And I think about that now where, like, there are some games... If some puzzles in games today, if they're too tough, I'll just give up and Google it. Mm. Like, I don't have time to be upset at this puzzle for like four hours, yes. but it's, I did not know that, that, uh, that the game would just give you the answer. Yeah. They would, um, yeah. During like boss fights. Yeah. If you, if you kept calling people and you know, during the boss fights and that's what they were, that's what they were there for. That's like, even in some of the early disposition of the game, they're basically like, Hey, 
we're here to help you call us if you need anything. Mm. And that's straight up what it was. The other really cool thing that game did like Metal Gear Solid did so many of those little fourth wall breaks. Mm -hmm. Like I remember one of the coolest things and I was talking to Nick about this and actually, I don't know if you know this. So obviously the, the, I think what the biggest one is probably the psycho Manus one. And then the second biggest one I would say is Merrill's codec code yes on the jewel case mm -hmm. when when that happened i was like this is the coolest fucking thing yeah. of all time and i actually you know like i said i was like fucking six or whatever i was like how did they figure it out yeah. like i didn't realize it was like planned from the beginning and uh if you buy a playstation classic today the image for metal gear solid is the codec call, yes yeah. which is very interesting yeah mm. yeah so obviously if you rented that game back in the day you're kind of oh, boned you're fucked yeah because at least as far as I believe in the codec conversations, they don't give that one to you. You definitely have to like, you have to look at the jewel case. The game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they say in the game, like look at the jewel case. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. He just tells you, he's like, Oh, that woman. And then he, it's after, so this is after the revolver ocelot, the first boss fight in the game and you rescue arms tech president, Kenneth Baker. <laughs> and it's actually really cool because he actually goes through, a lot of stuff about like how nuclear weapons work, how they're stored, how they're disposed mm -hmm. of. Um, and it gives you like a lot of like perspective on that stuff. And it's just like real life stuff. Like you can look this up. This actually mm -hmm. exists in real life. And then eventually, you know, he asks, you know, he's like, you need to find that woman. And he's like, you know, the female guard. And then he likes tries to remember. He's like, Oh, I forgot. Uh, look on the back of the CD case. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, okay. I wonder why like Kojima wanted to do that. I mean, like it is like an, an incredible, I, that is a gaming memory that will stick with me forever, but I wonder what led him to want to, to want to take you out of the game. Hmm. I, I, honestly, now that I'm saying it out loud, it makes you think of everything that he's been doing with death stranding Yeah, where he's been saying like, you're already playing the game. We're already doing it. Like maybe he's trying to make this like larger than life thing of like, Oh, it's actually not just contained in my TV. Like, it's the thing in my room. It's yeah. it's the port on my PlayStation. Maybe we figured it it's out. It's a whole experience. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a just. It's just so. It's completely immersive, and he wants people to to really just like experience it. Now, do you remember how old you were, and like where you were, and how you got your hands on your first copy of Metal Gear Solid? Yes. So it was nineteen ninety eight. So I was nine years old at the time. My first taste of Metal Gear Solid was in a pizza hut demo disc what so the pizza hut yeah you could you could order pizza from pizza and there was only one pizza hut on cape cod so wait. i like really had to like order this <laughs> wait, shit this makes sense bro because you're obsessed with pizza hut love pizza hut me and you went yeah. across the country when i moved out here two years ago ish and we must have stopped at three separate pizza huts yeah. over this five-day trip it was nice, i'll never yeah. forget there was i think in maybe not arkansas maybe like arizona we dropped you off at a Pizza Hut, and we drove somewhere else like to get food, gas or food, or and something. then picked you yeah. back up at the Pizza Hut. Yep, because I got got personal stuff crust. Is McDonald is McDonald's? Is Metal Gear where your love for Pizza Hut came from? I wonder. I wonder if I was kind of for it. No, because I kind of I don't think I like knew about the game, but I did think I knew that Pizza Hut had demo discs. Huh. And I think also so where I lived, I was probably like a five ten minute walk from Domino's. Uh, so I yeah. had Domino's all the damn time. Yeah. So, it was so Pizza a, Hut yeah. was luxury. It was exactly a rare that was treat. a luxury brand. Plus, okay. it had the demo disc, which I knew it had the demo disc. So I was like, we need to start ordering Pizza Hut now. Oh, ah, okay. Wait, sorry. I really need to like do the deep dive on the Pizza Hut yeah. demo disc because I did not ever do this. 
How did you get it? You, was it like, do you remember? Was it like an order threshold or like every order had it? I There was some, I don't remember the, the, the deets, but it was basically, you know, the boxes would have the demo disc on. So you kind of just rip it off the top of the box. Who's subsidizing this? Like, I don't know. Was PlayStation? I'm sure it was a, well, cause it was like, I think it was related to official PlayStation magazine at the time. Cause official, mm. official PlayStation magazine had the demo discs. But they oh, didn't okay. have this demo. This was a Pizza Hut demo disc. That's crazy. Yeah. This is like the, man, the era of the demo disc. Yeah. Man. And there was hits on that. That Dude. was like, it was jam-packed. That particular demo disc had Gran Turismo, Metal Gear Solid, Medieval, Tomb Raider 3, and Crash Bandicoot 3. Wow. So those are just all bangers. Which, okay, now that we're, but not to cut you off, the thing about Metal Gear, I was doing some research. I was studying for this podcast like it was a fucking test, dude. Like I was really, I was like sweating, eating my sandwich <laughs> earlier. Like, oh my God, I don't want to say anything wrong. I think the real reason that Metal Gear didn't hit for me when I was younger is that game came out the same year. Sorry, the same week as Spyro the Dragon. Mm, yes, Spyro yes. the Dragon came out five days after Metal Gear Solid. And I'll tell you what is like my favorite PlayStation game of all time is Spyro 3 actually. Um, but like, it came out the same year as Spyro 3 and Crash Warped. Mm. Like, for me, and, uh, oh, there's another one I forget. But for me, that was just, like, no contest. Like, yeah, 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 I was, like, a kid. Like, obviously, I want to play, like, the cartoon people. Of course, of course. But, hmm. So, how it worked for me was my cousin, his, or my uncle, my uncle would buy all the damn games. Like, yeah. he was, because he he loved video games. So, <laughs> I would go, games. you know. So, I had already played Crash 3. I'd already played Spiral. Had like a blast with my cousin with that one. We got Metal Gear Solid Christmas of 98. So it came out September. We got it in Christmas of 98. We stayed up all... We beat that game that night. (laughs) We stayed up... Wait, really? Yeah. God, it must have been six or seven in the morning. Holy shit. Yeah, we beat the game that night. It was so good. It was that good. And me being nine years old, I wasn't really... I didn't really care too much about, you know, the much like the political talk in it. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of went back, you know, I went back to it several times over the years and like, I actually like listened to the codec calls. Yeah. I listened to, you know, what was going on at the time. And it was, it was just, you know, because the whole thing is about like the general theme is just about like nuclear deterrence and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it's just like a scary world out there. Cause you know, anyone could kind of blast a missile star world war three and you know, the whole, well, yeah. and, and what's crazy if you think about like what's going on politically at this point, this is three years before, almost three years to the day before yeah. 9-11. Yeah, three years before 9-11, but also 1998 was big because that was the Clinton sex scandal. Oh, really? So Bill Clinton got impeached that year. Oh. Yeah, so this is, um, yeah, so it was, it was. Uh, did Bill Clinton get impeached or did he quit? He got impeached. Te- he technically got impeached. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, don't quote me, but I think it was election year, so it didn't really matter. Uh, um, so he kind of he served his terms. And that's like about up. to be this year, right? With with Trump, <laughs> pretty like much. Trump yeah, gets. that's like that's where we're at. So uh, interesting. Everything comes full circle with Metal Gear. You know? Yeah. Twenty one years later. Yeah. So you got it on the demo disc. Yeah, the demo disc was my first taste of it, and also, not only was that my first taste of of Metal Gear Solid, that was my first taste of the DualShock controller. Oh, because even the demo disc on the back of like the cardboard box, the demo disc was like DualShock controller, you know, compatible. Mm. And so got a DualShock controller and like Metal Gear Solid was all like, 
rumbling and like doing all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, I'm nine years old. And this is like, this controller is doing things I've never had it do. <laughs> and also that demo just had Gran Turismo. So mm-hmm. you are using both of the analog sticks as well for Gran uh, Turismo. Um, also Metal Gear Solid used the analog whoa. sticks. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So it was just like a whole, it was just this whole new experience. Huh? So how, do you remember how much of the game the demo disc covered? Yeah, so the demo disc got to the demo disc got to you rescuing the DARPA chief. Wow. And then and then he dies and that's the end of the demo disc. So it didn't get to like first boss, but like I feel like that's like a, pretty far. Yeah. That's I, a lot of Kodai calls. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of yeah, there's still a lot of there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of gameplay. There's, you know, there's you collect at least one gun during that time, the SOCOM pistol. Mm. So yeah, there was there was definitely enough to get a get a good taste and a lot of like the, is, the early stealth stuff. Is that where you have the back and forth with Meryl about the SOCOM pistol? Because you have a little... I know, because I just watched the fucking mm. gameplay movie. They have, He's like, where'd you get the Desert Eagle? And she's oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, You have that little, that little bickering No, that's right, right before. That's literally right. That's actually... That's quite a bit before that. Oh. Uh. The Meryl Desert Eagle thing is um, like right before Psycho Manus. Oh. Which is the third boss in the game. Who's the Cyborg oh, Ninja, the second Fourth, boss? sorry. No, Psycho Manus is fourth. Huh. So the bosses, we got Revolver Ocelot, yeah. you have the tank, then you have um, the ninja, then you have uh, Psycho Manus. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, so tell me about like what you thought of this game. Like, This is my fucking curse of being born in 94. Is yeah. like, I just don't have... I have memories of like the Psycho Manus fight, yeah. and I have memories of uh, actually Psycho Manus like, talking to me about what was on my memory card, right. making me shit my fucking pants. Uh, Psycho Manus, I think I, I was thinking about it earlier... I'm like deathly afraid of gas masks. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I think they're like the scariest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I have like PTSD from Psycho Manus. Um, anyway, uh, I just don't have like any, I, like I can watch it now mm. and appreciate the cinematography, the storytelling, how it was like really nothing. I mean, like I said, Spyro came out the same year, like how it was like nothing else like yeah. that was on the platform. But I have no memories of experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. So even outside of even outside, I know that like if I now experience for the first time, like I would definitely be blown away about like the Kodak conversations. But mm. even as a nine year old, I was just blown away about all of the different things they did in the game. Like what? Um, just like you know the the stealth. Like uh. I could cr- I could like crouch down and go under things and um, stuff that we take for granted now. Yeah. And there was like you know you had a radar with the guys and they could set alarms on you and, and uh. get other guys in there and you're just like the stealth thing was obviously the biggest thing because you know hiding from enemies like i think maybe tenshu was around that time too but there weren't there weren't many stealth games especially when we're talking about stealth in 3d and 32-bit like that just wasn't a thing i was gonna ask like is this was this really like the first game of its kind yeah like at least to like i said i don't remember exactly when because tenshu was like kind of a stealth game yeah but to put all of these elements together absolutely Mm. was the first game to do this now, do you think that like is there Metal Gear DNA in games of like in games like Splinter Cell and yeah. like other games like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's definitely, although Splinter Cell was a bit more like I guess claustrophobic, you could say. I mean, I would think that anything that I would say that any game that that was able to blend together the elements of like stealth, mm-hmm. alarm, yeah. um, sneaking around. I mean, that's kind of Metal Gear Solid wrote the blue wrote the blueprint. Mm. So, um, when uh, did you have like? Was there anything in this game that like really fucking stumped you? 
Ooh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they're definitely. Mm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I feel like the Psycho Manus fight must have just stumped like everybody. Yeah, right? Psycho Manus uh, fight definitely stumped. Definitely stumped me. Um, I think I beat it legitimately the first time, which, if you're wondering, it takes 45 minutes because you can only hit him once every eighth bullet. Wait, wait, wait. So uh, without switching the controller, without switching the controller, he dodges seven out of he dodges seven out of eight shots. Holy shit! Yeah, like two. You can and you can count it. Like it's not like random. Yeah, it's just every eighth shot will hit. Wow. I'm surprised the game gives you enough ammo to be able to do that. Oh, the ammo you will run around, it replenishes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't I didn't end up running out. And it's not like uh the SOCOM at least would aim automatically. Uh the FAMAS, which is the assault rifle, that does not. So you kind of had to have a little 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 bit more skill to use that one. So um in terms of like obviously when Metal Gear came out, like there was really nothing. It had like uh realistic quote-unquote graphics for the time yeah, yeah, right exactly, exactly because like i said my major touch points for the playstation are like these mascot games like spyro and crash and all these games like but metal gear was just like it people were like humanoid like it looked real at the time yeah they were trying to do like real people and what they did so why the faces look like melted plastic is yeah. apparently they were going to put like more realistic faces on there but for some reason like they how they wanted it is they wanted you to use more of your imagination because uh-huh. at the time if they would have put faces on there they couldn't be so kojima wanted the faces to be more expressive yeah. if you know more realistic faces possible but going with the melted plastic actually allows for the for the um you know for the viewer to kind of put their own you know put uh-huh. the emotions into there and whatnot and like especially how well with the voice acting was done yeah um because if there was like a drawn on face it would always be like smiling or frowning or something right like that. right well and so the voice acting is another thing like David Hayter has like, I, I mean, there's got to be like a video game voice actor hall of fame and that motherfucker's got to be like number one. Absolutely. There's, like, there's no, like Troy Baker, obviously we, we love Troy Baker, but yeah. you know, David Hayter is, is the OG. Like he was the go. I mean, yeah. granted, like he's kind of a one trick, like, yeah, like yeah. his, he's just solid snake, unfortunately. <laughs> but like, man, like I, that was also, I think at the, maybe like one of the first games. I mean, the fact that everything in Metal Gear Solid is voiced mm. is psychotic. Yeah. Like there are games like Pokemon sword and shield just came out and there's no fucking voice mm. lines. And we're talking 22 years later or whatever. Um, but the thing that's crazy about it is like the, just the, the fucking sheer amount of like, there are, there's just so much subtext in, in the voice lines. And I think that was at the very, I mean, you know, I'm not exactly a historian, but I think that must have been one of the first games that really had these like fully fleshed out voice lines. Yeah, I don't I don't recall exactly how several like tens of hours of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that was a limitation of like the CD ROMs that they were printed on? No, I don't think it was. I don't I think it was more of a limitation of just what developers at the time wanted to do, mm-hmm. because you could throw it on as many as many CDs as you want to. Obviously, we were talking about Final Fantasy, who has, you know, four discs. Metal Gear was three, wasn't it? Two too yeah. okay i remember that yeah and they've and they managed to fit all of that on there dude so side note david hater uh does cameo now so all right at least at the time of this recording he does cameo uh so if you go to cameo.com and you look up david hater you can make him say whatever you want and our friend bill who's absolutely listening to this segment uh he made a little whoopsie texted his boss something funny and we just make fun of him for it every year and last year i paid david hater 
to uh, give Bill a good little ribbing about it. And then I edited it to a codec call. <laughs> so <laughs> if you've got any Metal Gear nostalgia and you want to play a prank on your friends, that's a great thing to do. Uh, you can also get uh, Roy Campbell's voice. Exactly. And I was going to make a back and forth of Bill texting his boss. I was going to make a $100 bit. I didn't really have it in me. <laughs> um, so you bring up the graphics. I'm like, obviously, when I... so. Okay, I, I have a confession to make. I've never actually beaten Metal Gear Solid myself. I Because like I said, when I was a kid, I got to the Psycho Manus fight, and I was like, I'm not even having fun. This is so <laughs> hard, and I'm traumatized now. Like, I'm done. So I just kind of dropped it. And to your point, like, you know, like, obviously, you got the demo disc. It comes to you at Christmas. I don't fucking know how, but I had a copy of Metal Gear Solid. Mm. I think it was my cousin's. That would make sense. In fact, if I called him, I bet he would tell me. But it was just like not a game for me at the time. I was way too young to understand it. So I just like fell off of Metal Gear completely. I had enough touch points with like Cyborg Ninja and Psycho Manus mm. to be able to pick it back up later. But I have watched on YouTube this guy named Kefka Productions does metal gear solid movies where he takes the movie he takes the movie he takes the game he pulls out every cutscene, stitches them together every codec call and like relevant gameplay like um when uh frankie yeager who is deep throat at the time mm -hmm. calls you yep and i forget what he's walking you through but like, you know, he like calls you in the codec and you're like, who are you? And he's like, yeah. don't worry. And then you like drop a bomb. They like show him dropping the bomb. In the game. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, so yes. They, they splice on this relevant stuff. So I've watched that movie twice. Once was yesterday in preparation for this podcast. And uh, I watched you stream it, but I've never actually played the game through to completion. So I feel like I have more questions than answers about a lot of things that go on in these games. I feel like if I were to go back and play it today. I would want to play the GameCube remake, but part of me thinks that because it, it's not on a PlayStation system that it would be bad. I also just only know that Twin Snakes exists. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah, know yeah. anything about it. Okay. So Twin Snakes, so how the, the Twin Snakes was basically made in response to everyone wanting a you know an original Metal Gear Solid game, but with the Metal Gear Solid 2 engine, oh. for whatever reason, they only dropped it on GameCube. I don't know what the what the idea behind that was Some licensing but, uh, yeah oh and silicon knights was developing it which i think they were kind of a gamecube in-house thing mm. silicon knights also did eternal darkness which was phenomenal <laughs> so so we have twin snakes right and because of how metal gear solid was made in the first place it wasn't made to be played in first person mm. uh, especially if especially if we're talking about like the revolver onslaught boss fight with the way that you had to maneuver around things and shoot him diagonally and and just how that how that boss fight worked, having Metal Gear Solid one in first person just makes the game way way too easy. Wait, it was it was first person by default? No, no, no. So it's not it's not first. It's third person, but then you can shoot in first person. Oh, like if you're aiming a gun. Oh, can, so it's yeah. not like a top down shooter. So anymore. it's no, it's still top down, right? But then okay. you can aim a gun. Yeah, in third person if you want. But if you hit the right trigger, it'll go into first person. Then you can. Uh -huh. kind of go all around oh interesting so that's that was one of the you know quality of life things that they added from metal gear solid 2 mm. was the first person uh. so it makes the game phenomenally easy uh the second thing is that 
they added like a bunch of like action stunts and whatnot, like making it all crazy. <laughs> but what the uh, the head canon is is that Twin Snakes is a reimagining of Metal Gear Solid through Raiden's eyes. Okay. Because in Metal Gear Solid Two, you learn that Raiden actually went through um, like simulated versions of uh-huh. what happened at Shadow Moses. Uh-huh. So people just connected together and was like, oh. We can. This is like the headcanon is that this is Raiden's experience with Shadow Moses. I don't know what the word headcanon means. Like, so that's like headcanon's like a like a like popular like not not real canon. Oh, like oh, canon oh, okay. you and I would make. Oh, up. yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, that's fucking nuts. Also, this sounds like what uh, Disney, not Disney. It sounds like what George Lucas did to A New Hope. Like hmm. every time he gets re released, he like fucks it up a little yeah, yeah. for like no reason. Um, but so you would say that, like, are you like a Metal Gear purist? Like, you're like, you shouldn't play that. I would version. say, like, I, I would say you should play if you're if you're gonna play one, play Metal Gear Solid. Okay, the original on PlayStation. Yeah, but play both if you can. Have you played through the Twin Snakes? Yeah, I have. I wow, have. that's fucking insane. Yeah, I played it. I so I <laughs> haven't. I didn't own a Nintendo system until I got the Switch. Okay, so I played Twin Snakes on a GameCube emulator. Oh yeah, okay. Which there are plenty out there that work. Like there's they're phenomenal. Dolphin, yeah, it's, get perfect. it's perfect, especially on the PC. I used to run yeah. that shit on my Mac, and you can do like and you can like do like mods and stuff on it. It's like people, it's crazy. So here's my thing about uh, Twin Snakes, Metal Gear, all these remakes. Like, do what am I even trying to say here? Like. But my issue with Metal Gear right now is I want I would love nothing more than to sit in my bed and play Metal Gear Solid, but you can't for some fucking reason on the PS4. It's a PS1 right. classic, mm-hmm. which you can only play on PS3. Or if I had like a PlayStation I, I could play it for my Vita to my TV. But like, there's no easy way to play this game now. Right. Like unless you want to buy a PlayStation Classic for like. For like maximum like sixty dollars, minimum thirty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, you can get it. I mean, twenty is not a bad deal, I guess. But I want nothing more. Like, think about the fact that that there is the Resident Evil Two remake Mm. was loved so much. People are obsessed with that fucking thing, and like, there is just money to be printed if they would remaster like a proper, like a yeah, like a real Metal Gear Solid remaster. Right, but there's. I don't think there's any universe in which that happens because they're making money on the pachinko machines now. That's true. And by the way, when you go to Japan, you should go to a pachinko room. Uh, my girlfriend and I were walking by one and I was like, oh, I have to go in here. Like, I just have to see what it's like. And uh, you open the door and like, it, you're basically stepping into an ashtray. Mm. Like, yeah, it just oh, yeah. smells like cigs, like fucking crazy. Everybody's sitting there, cigs, drinks, pachinko. It's fucking lights, camera, action on this thing. It's nuts, dude. So I definitely want to play the Metal Gear Solid Three Pachinko Machine oh, man. because apparently it has it has cutscenes that were remade oh. in the Fox Engine. Well, for whatever reason, like that will play when you're playing Pachinko, but they are not. Wait, 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 they're wait. not going to do a Metal Gear Solid Three remake. Wait, wait, the Fox Engine, like like the PS4 engine for yeah, the PS5. One that, yep. Holy shit! The very same. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, dude. They, yeah. Um. So. The other thing that I want to talk about, there's two like big things I want to touch on about this game. Uh, In re-listening to, sorry, I got dandruff. Uh, In re-listening to, whatever the the listeners got to know, 
in rewatching the movie, because it's the only way I interact with this fucking game, uh, the game is horny. And maybe oh. it's only so horny because of like how, because mi- you know, I'm watching, they're stripping out of the gameplay. But dude, it was like back to back. Somebody's talking about hiding a gun in her hoo ha. Mm. And then Naomi Campbell's like, oh, you can give me a strip search when you get back here. Yes. And, yes. you know, obviously uh, this is a, a Watergate thing, but, you know, Gray Fox, Frank Anger's name is Deep Throat. Yep. Like, it's crazy. And it doesn't stop there. So, yeah, if you, so when after the ninja fight, you yeah. have to find Meryl yeah. because she is dressed up as a soldier. Yeah. So when you go back down, one of the ways to find her is because she's shaking her ass when she walks. Yes. And which, you have to look for that. Which which yep. then fucking Otacon brings up later. Yep. He's like, oh, I, could, I always knew which one was her. Yeah. And also, here's another thing. So when you find her, she'll like, she'll do an alert like the guards, mm-hmm. but then she'll run to the bathroom. So then you can meet her in, in the women's bathroom. Oh. So she's like, meet me in a place like where only I can go. Oh. So on and so forth. If you follow her fast enough, yeah, she, the game can is like she doesn't have time to change. So you know you catch her in her underwear, basically. Wait, is there like a cutscene for that? Yeah. So basically, so what the f- you go into the bathroom and then you like see her clothes on the toilet. Yeah. And then she like sneaks up behind you. Oh. So if if you do that fast enough, then when it shows her, she's just like in her underwear. Wow. Yeah. More more horny. and also not for nothing, but. In the before you even start the game, you can do these briefing cutscenes, oh. which actually give you a lot of like really like cool background information on like everything that's happening, all of the bad guys, you know how this whole thing's working, and it's it's probably like twenty minutes, half an hour of like just like these like videotapes. Yeah, so it's cool, and like you like get the videotape and you like hear the VHS sound. It's like really cool. Hmm. So in that, like Snake is just like butt ass naked. What? Um, but they have like black areas over his crotch, so you never see it, but uh. you see him. And another thing that people may not pick up on is that the first time you meet Meryl, she's really surprised because you look like Liquid Snake. Oh. And so in the brief- Oh, yeah. She keeps saying like, but you just, you look just like Yeah, him. exactly. Uh. And he's like, oh, the terrorist leader's like, yeah. And she's like, what's the deal with that? And he's like, I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask him. Yeah. So in these briefing tapes, you actually see what Solid Snake looked like originally. Which he had um, long blonde hair, just like Liquid. Oh, really? So before the mission, he cut his hair and dyed it black. But Big Boss didn't have long blonde hair. He didn't, no. So So I don't, uh, the mother may have, the surrogate may have had the long blonde hair. uh, They may have gotten it from. Well, and, but Boss, the Boss has blonde hair. Yeah. Which I don't, although the Boss isn't the surrogate mother. Uh, Yeah. Just actually, um, you played three. Um, I Eva, it. okay. Eva, uh, Eva is the surrogate for mm. the three for the three snake triplets. I gotta watch it again. Yeah. Who's Eva? She she shows up in Mel Your Solid Three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch the eight hour movie. You again. gotta check that one out. Um. So, the yeah, it's like in 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 uh, dude. I'm just thinking like Otacon is so horny, dude. There's yeah. There's the whole series has a lot of horny stuff. So yeah, it's really well, good. Well, yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk about Metal Gear Solid Five. We can't even talk about Quiet. Yeah, but fucking like, like Otacon falling so in love with Sniper Wolf, mm. and then like the scene where you know Sniper Wolf is dead, mm. and fucking uh, Otacon's like so upset that you battled her and stuff. Like, 
I mean, I guess that's more, maybe more like a love thing, but mm-hmm. still like I, that the game goes places, man. Yeah. And I also feel like the, the kind of horny stuff that I was listening to today, uh, I was just like, man, if I was a kid, that would have flown right over my head. Like, it's like when your parents would watch SpongeBob with you or whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah, they put the jokes in for the adults. Exactly. Like, that's really what it was. Like, it didn't add anything to the game for me or for you, I'm sure, as a kid. But I just couldn't believe it. And like I said, it's, you know, it's extremely condensed. So maybe it was a little more aggressive to me. But it was kind of fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, hey, it earned, it earned that M rating. I'll tell you that. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it. The other thing about Metal Gear Solid, which I feel like to me is super important, is the fucking music, man. Oh, yeah. Like that alert theme. Yeah. That's like a. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Like, seriously, never. And like, if I hear it, I have immediate anxiety. Honestly, the whole sound design of that game is fucking awesome. I don't know if he did the music in the first one, but John Williams did the score for like two and three. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if he did it in one, though. But, mm. yeah, yeah. Dude, so. like, yeah, so many sounds. And granted, like, I feel like retro games just hold a place in our hearts with, like, all their noises and sounds and whatever. But, like, the alert noise mm. is so, like, uh, it just has, I have such a visceral memory yeah, like, of that. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, what? I think about all of, all of Kojima's games have that just like that sticking power yeah you know what i mean like even granted it's it's obviously different but you think about like pt Mm. and like he is one of the few people that can make a game and you're just gonna remember like something fucked up from it like i mean pt the thing to me was that the pause screen wasn't safe that's the most like unfair thing i've ever you're a you gotta be a fucking demon to think of that like that's horrible um and but like the the noise the fetus would make and like all that shit is so creepy and like i'm just i'll never forget it as long as i live and i'm playing through death stranding right now and like the noise two noises stick out to me big time uh when you click r1 and it goes like across the land like that's so i was actually playing this morning really early uh while ian was asleep and the noise is so bassy that I was like, mm. somebody's gonna get woken up. <laughs> it's that and the noise of the what is it called? What's the what's the it's called the Odra deck. But uh, the Odra deck. When the Odra deck is like is like in baby mode. It's clicking, it's like spinning. Oh, like yeah, yeah. all those noises are so I feel like Kojima really, really gives a shit about that part. Yeah, like, oh, this is this machine does this, so it has to sound like this. Yeah. Like and I feel like you know, not that I feel like a lot of the time sound design just in the nature of where it has to come in the process of a video game can be so secondary. Mm. Like people, you know, I mean, there are some, there are legions of people who just like listen to podcasts and like other music. I remember when I was a kid, bro, I I would listen to, I had a mix CD where I had like Hinder on it and like Atreyu and shit. And I would just listen to that instead of like whatever I was playing. Now I would never do that. Like I'm way too obsessed with like the music of a game, but I feel like there's so many games, especially of that era, that have just the music is such a crucial part of it. Yeah. And Metal Gear is like unlike and I feel like it's just like uncontested. Like the that fucking alert sound and even like the Shadow Moses theme and like 
all that shit. I mean, last year you and I went to like a literal Metal Gear concert. Yeah. Where like yeah, yeah. they just have, I mean, like the Snake Eater soundtrack uh, theme. Like they were just playing all of just like the hits, and it's like, whoa! I like remember what part of the game this was from. Yeah. Even in in Death Stranding, granted, like a lot of it is commissioned music, mm. but in that first scene where like the camera pulls way out yeah. and the music plays, like it's just epic. Which I can't say anymore without thinking about like, oh, it's an epic Epic gamer moment. But like, it really is like, epic is like the the best word to describe that. And I feel like epic is probably the best way to describe like any Kojima game. Yeah. Like he really tries to make it fucking epic. Larger than like, literally just like larger than life, like bigger than, than anything. Now this is like sort of related to, I mean, it's related to Metal Gear, kind of related to MGS5, but... Why do you think after years and years and years of having this like incredibly strong voice protagonist that he just like switched it off for MGS5? Like, was it like, was it Kojima and David Hayter beef? I don't know if it was, I just don't know because Kojima just wanted to do a weird Kojima thing because if yeah. you think of Metal Gear Solid 2, it was a completely different, like, and yeah, if we think of it like this, right, it was only one game. Yeah. Like we had the one Metal Gear Solid one and then two was just, we had David Hayter for a little while and then it was off. And then, yeah. Yeah. And but, it was but, like he but, was in the game, but, but David Hayter was the voice for MGS three. Exactly. Yeah. And then he brought him back for three and four. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, then took him back out for five. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know what the, I don't really know what the, I've, I've tried is. to do a lot of research and even yeah. David Hayter seems like kind of confounded of like, I don't know why he had, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, who says like nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't really get it. Um, so I guess like some things that I have questions about. Oh, actually, hmm. you know. I I have like I have like maybe like a idea of why. I don't know if it's like completely true, but it has to do with like big spoiler point, like literally like the end of Metal Gear Solid 5 of why it's a different voice actor. Mm, don't tell yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me. No, don't make any face at each other. I gotta play the game. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so uh, for you, like, um, oh, th- this is a question that I had is like, what, okay, this is a two part thing. I think about now when a game comes out today, if I don't play it, or if I don't start to play it within the first like two or three weeks, I'll never touch it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, there's been games that I've been like control is one. Everybody fucking loves control. Sounds like an awesome game. I'll probably never play it. Yeah. Just because of like where it's fallen in the timeline yeah, of my life. Yeah, I got life. so much other shit going on. And, but it just wasn't like that back in the day. Mm. I, either either because, like, the cadence of games wasn't as fucking insane, or because, like, maybe there wasn't this, like, Twitter, like, water boiler, or water bubbler, like, mentality or whatever. Yeah. Like, how did you find out about Metal Gear Solid? Was, I it, was it from it was, the demo? It was literally that demo. Just, I didn't know shit about the game. Huh. I didn't know shit about what was, I didn't know anything about the game. I was just like, this game's rude. It was just on the demo disc because the demo just had other things I was interested in. Uh. It had Crash Bandicoot. It had Tomb Raider. Uh. Um, I didn't know. Medieval was the first of its, of its, and that game was awesome. That's how mm. I found out about it. But yeah, I knew Gran Turismo was a racing game, and I was big into racing games back then. So it just all kind of came together on that. So did you did you have any friends that played Metal Gear? No, it was literally... My cousin was the one who got it. I didn't even get Metal Gear Solid. My cousin was the one who got it for Christmas. Oh. So like I wouldn't have been able to play the full game had he have not gotten it. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so one thing that I've noticed being in the middle of playing Death Stranding and re-listening to Metal Gear Solid and something that bothers me as a 25-year-old adult, but probably I would have loved as a nine-year-old kid playing this game, is that Kojima, look, I think he's 
Jesus. I think he's awesome. I think mm-hmm. he's like incredibly brilliant, obviously. But sometimes I think he's like a little up his own ass mm-hmm. because he spoon feeds you the story. Yeah. Like something will happen. And if you have like IQ above room temperature, yeah. you've deduced what's happened. And then mm-hmm. you go, oh, so, you yeah. know, like on the codec called Snake has to like break it down in layman's terms because Kojima thinks like he's the fucking man and like you would have never figured it out or something. And that happens in Death Stranding all the time Mm -hmm. via, um, who's the fat guy? Dead man. Dead man. Mm -hmm. He always has to like really give you the nitty gritty of what's going on. And like sometimes Snake does that in the codec calls and I'm like, fuck, it kind of takes me out of it. Yeah. Because I, because in that moment I can tell it's being a video game. Mm -hmm. I can tell it. I'm not like so much of it feels like, uh, voyeuristic in a way mm. of like, Oh, I'm, I'm listening in on, on this guy's life or cause you know, you're not making decisions. It's not fucking mass effect. Right. Exactly. Um, but then when, when he's like, Oh, so you're saying if I go through that door, oh, he'll okay, be yeah. behind it. And it's like, that. yeah, that's what she does. Literally what she just said. Yeah. I think the issue maybe back in 1998 was that this being the first game of its kind, maybe people wouldn't have like gotten it. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I guess you don't really have to do that too much now, but who knows who the hell's playing the game. Yeah. So I guess that's a good point. So in your opinion, like, do you think, would you want to see like a, a current gen remake of this game or would you rather, uh, you know, Konami and Kojima make up and he comes back from Metal Gear six. I wouldn't want a Metal Gear six. Cause I mean, I think it's, I think the, the chap, the, the book is closed. You think so? Um, at least on snake. Cause yeah, if you played Metal Gear Solid four and revengeance, yeah. But, What's Revenge Rising? Metal, yeah, Metal Rising Gear, Revengeance uh, or whatever. Oh. I don't know what happens in that. I didn't watch that movie. It takes place after Metal Gear Solid 4. So oh. yeah. Have you played all of them? Yes. You, I no, no, no. I didn't play any of the PSP ones. You didn't I, play Peace Walker? No, I didn't play Peace Walker or Portable Ops or I, Acid. Acid's not canon, but <laughs> I want I want to play it because I like card games. I watched a Peace Walker movie. It was fucking good. Yeah. And Peace Walker, the movie, gives a lot of context to MGS5. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it goes right into it. So yeah, it explains why why boss has the has the flamethrower finger. Yes, exactly. Huh. The one arm. Spoiler army. alert. So yeah, and you'll and in Metal Gear Solid Three, you'd really you'd <coughs> learn why he has an eye patch as well. So that's a really good one. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, is there that? okay? So my question was: so so you would rather a remake? Then? Yeah. So I would. The only thing that I would personally accept right now is I, I would accept two things. I would accept like a Fox engine remaster of the first one. Wow. But not without, not with like the quality of life thing. Just like, just like a graphic remaster, just really a graphic overhaul. Or if they are going to like remake it, they need to do a ground up resident evil two style. So that was my next question yeah. is like, obviously uh, you were like obsessed with resident evil two. Yeah. Uh, what do you think made that remake so special? And like, how could they incorporate that into a, into a metal gear remake? So I think, the thing that made it so special was that I was obviously familiar with this 20 year old franchise already, but what they, they, they just took it completely from the ground up and they pretty much reimagined it, but everything was there. Like the police was, the police district was there. The sewers were there, but then there was a ton of also added stuff that just like, this is, this is resident evil Two. Like, and I, I knew that this was resident evil Two, even though like, honestly, it's a completely different game. I was going to say like, did it feel familiar to you? Yeah. Like I didn't like, it felt familiar, you know, the the story, the people that were in it, the areas of the game, Mm. but it was a brand new game. There wasn't anything in, there wasn't anything that I came into and I was like, Oh, I already know how to beat this. Uh Um, but when I look at it 
through the lens of already playing Resident Evil 2 and it's like, oh, I you 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 get to the same point in similar ways, but the game is just completely different. Um, and that's what and for Metal Gear Solid one to do that, especially when we're talking about some they'd have to, you know, reimagine the boss fights in a way that worked with the engine that didn't make it too easy, but also made it kind of, you know, the same game, which obviously is definitely it's definitely like a big undertaking. Well, so I was gonna say, like, would you want that for Metal Gear? Like- if they like I would want it if it was done like I think Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2 literally perfected like the remake. There's yeah. like nothing that they could have really like knocked out of the park more than that. Um, if like in a vacuum where that would like a perfect remake like that would be possible, yes, but I don't think they could pull that off. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like the tough thing with Metal Gear was I feel like with um, now, did Metal Gear have like Metal Gear didn't have tank controls. Right. It didn't know it was um the camera was like yeah and the camera wasn't really fixed the camera was always like kind of like following this you. like overhead yeah. yeah so yeah and the, and it followed you around so it wasn't yeah yeah because I feel like even though for me the my biggest hang up with like replaying a Metal Gear game especially one would be the graphics mm-hmm. and like I know it doesn't matter but I'm you know a wuss whatever uh but I feel like from a from like a remake standpoint Metal Gear Solid one like still plays well it does it, it plays extremely well and there's you know the the buttons all like they all make sense and they yeah. do what you think they're gonna do um do you shoot yeah. with triangle no you shoot with square oh beautiful yeah, she was um yeah you shoot with square you crouch with x oh. you punch with circle oh. um you can also choke people you can choke people with square as well if you sneak up behind them um if you choke them three times, you will knock them out. If you choke them seven times, you'll snap their neck and kill them. Whoa. Yeah. How long is the game? I think my last playthrough I beat in like, mm, I'd like to say like eight to ten hours. Oh, so yeah. like two days roughly. Yeah. Two like big game days. Yeah. But you could probably do like two streams. Easily, yeah. Two five-hour streams. Two, two long. You definitely knew that. I think when I did, I did like four streams. I did like uh. three or four streams, but... Yeah, you could definitely get through it in a couple of days. How did you replay it most recently on an emulator? Emulator, yeah. Uh, uh, PSXE, I think I used. Mm. Uh, part of me, man, like I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by not replaying it now that I'm an adult. Mm. But that, I mean, that that exact sentiment is literally why I want this show to exist is to like get these different perspectives on it. Like the fact that you can still play that game today after having played every other game in the series as well as every other fucking game in the world like and it still holds up makes me feel like i should really give it a shot yeah i mean i definitely think you should you should run it like just play on easy so you can get through everything mm. um yeah it's just it's just phenomenal everything everything just it, just how it comes together especially if like you literally stopped playing it before like maybe like a big major plot point in the game uh. and also the one point in the game where your decision so there is a big decision to make in the game oh. and it can actually affect the ending really one of the endings is a canon but it's a cool little what's the decision so basically so you beat Every, you everybody know. listening at home yeah. is like i know the decision yeah <laughs> so basically you beat psycho manis and you start kind of making your way down into the base mm-hmm. and then you get into um you get into like a cavern. It's like a cavern of wolves because mm-hmm. you're on your way to sniper wolf. So you get into a cavern of wolves and they're like really angry at you and they'll attack you on sight. And then you get down, you meet Meryl at the end of this cavern and you're like, how the hell did you get down here? And whatever. And there's like nice dogs at the end. Cause she like trained them or whatever. <laughs> Here's a cool thing. If you uh, punch Meryl, 
the dog will the dogs will bite you. Wow. If you punch Meryl and then get into a cardboard box, yep. the dogs will piss on the cardboard box. <laughs> so when you go back through the cavern, if you have the cardboard box, the dogs won't attack you because it has the piss on it. Whoa. Yeah. But, so, but yeah. why are you punching Meryl to begin with? I don't even know because you can, right? <laughs> so you can like do it. You can do anything. So you get through there and then you get through, you go through like this like little like area of mines and then Meryl gets attacked by Sniper Wolf. Mm. You have to track all the way back to the beginning of the game Whoa. because there is an area that you didn't have a key card for originally yep. and get the sniper rifle because you can't, oh. she's so far away. Yeah. Um, so you get the PSG one sniper rifle by literally you have to crawl through this area yep. that has like security lasers and it's like super complex to get it, but it's the most powerful weapon in the game and can kill any non boss enemy in one shot. Oh, but it's also, it's always when you use the PSG one, it's always in first person. Uh-huh. So it's like kind of unwieldy to use, mm. but anyway, you go through, you do the sniper wolf fight. Meryl's not there. Meryl's nowhere to be found. Then you get captured. Mm. So this is where the pivotal plot point comes because this is actually your first time meeting liquid snake in person. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, so you two actually have a little, you actually, you don't talk. He talks to you. You don't talk to him. Revolver Ocelot talks a bunch of shit about you to your face because you're just like on this torture machine yeah and the torture machine is like an electrical so oh, you just dude, get like yeah that yeah. seems crazy yeah, so you get so basically what you have to do is you have like a stamp. right, you, right yeah. you can either give up or give yourself life exactly and if you get ah. to give yourself life you have to mash the circle button yeah. to get your stamina back up yeah um if you die at this point there are no saves so you just lose. So you can't like reload. Holy shit. So if you were like playing that game and didn't save up to that point and died, you'd be pissed. Oh my God. Game tell you, like you can't, um, cause, and here's probably not the main reason you can't save, but you can't go to a codec call because if you hit select, you give up. Wow. And if you give up, Revolver Ocelot kills Meryl. Oh. Uh, so that's the bad ending. Wow. Yeah. Now this is crazy. It's actually crazy to me that that a game like this has that because like it's just not canon, right? Like they made more games. Yeah. They made and more like games. he yeah, lived yeah. past this point and whatever. Right. That's, that's really interesting that, that the game, I wonder if when Kojima made metal gear, I mean, well, I, I guess that's a dumb thing. Cause this was the third game in the series, but yeah. I, I guess I wonder, did he anticipate there being a metal gear solid two? Right. Right. But that actually gives you a little bit of replayability because if you survive the torture, mm-hmm. if you start a new game, so more spoilers. At the end of the game, you leave the island with Meryl if yeah. you survive. Yeah. On the new game plus, and then so you guys. What? Uh, there's new game plus? There's new game plus. So what the when f- you guys escape the island, there is like a frozen part that you can ride a snowmobile over, and mm-hmm. it's like you kind of, that's the end of the game. Yeah, um, I remember Meryl that. finds a bandana yeah. in the snowmobile. You get that bandana from new game plus. Yeah. That's infinite ammo. Okay. Okay. Now, if you give up, Meryl dies. There's like this whole big cutscene of like her death and whatnot. I need to watch it. So they didn't put this in yeah, the movies. You escape with Otacon. Oh. Yeah. Otacon, like you find out Snake's real name is Dave. Um Otacon, Snake's real name is Dave? Yeah, David. Like David Hater. Yeah. I don't know if that was like purposeful, but huh. yeah, that's it. So I don't think I knew that. So Otacon gives you one of his stealth prototypes, which you can use in New Game Plus. Wow. Which is sick, honestly, because then you just like kind of just fuck through the whole game. Yeah. Do you know, is 
like what was the first game with like new game plus i don't even know as far as yeah. i'm concerned it was metal gear solid that's what, yeah we're gonna go yeah metal gear solid revolutionized everything including they made new game plus i'm sure it was like castlevania or some bullshit though. oh true 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 not that castlevania is bullshit but so um that's really fucking crazy that the, it is like what honestly what you just told me floored me yep. that like that you can i i would I'll tell you right now, if I failed and I didn't have a save, I never fucking play that yeah. game again. Here's another couple things about the torture part that I really oh this oh my god. It's You're, so good. It's so good. It's good? It's so good. I disagree. So, here's the thing. Cause you have to go through you can go through anywhere from three to like I think it was seven. It might have been like like six or seven. You can go anywhere from three, you either go through the torture. Three times was the minimum you had to go through the torture. Yeah. You go through it to up to like six or seven times. So the first time after you get tortured, you get thrown into a cell. Yeah. And there's a dead body of the DARPA chief. The DARPA chief, yeah. And then you then deduce that how could the DARPA chief have like you decompose. know decomposed because yeah. he just died like a couple hours ago. Yeah. More on that later, maybe. So <laughs> you can at that point, um, you kind of have to go through you you do a codec call. Yep. And you're like, um, you know, everyone's like, oh damn, like I can't believe you got captured. There was some like lies and like, you know, you kind of get into it with with Campbell about like, you know, him lying to you about yeah. some shit. Um, but then you also are like, and then um Naomi comes online and she's like, Hey, like, how you feeling? And he's, he's like, My arm's a little sore. Dude, he flirts with her there, yeah, bro. He with her there. He's like, Oh, keep me company. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> and actually that's when she goes into a little a little bit more about her brother that died. Yeah. Um, which is you end up finding out later, way later in the game, it's Frank Yeager. Yeah. He got turned into the ninja. Because yeah. Snake was actually the one who killed him. Yeah. Uh, in Metal Gear 2, they fought each other on a battlefield. On a minefield. Metal Gear 2. Metal Gear 2, like the, the NES one. The NES. Okay, they fought okay, each okay. other. on. Yeah, they, they fight in a minefield. And, you know, obviously Snake wins. Snake wins. So you say, hey, like my, my arms. She's like, I'm, I'm feeling kind of sore. And, and Naomi's like, okay, put the controller up to your arm. So you put up to your arm that you've been fucking mashing circle with for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. It was like, like five, it was like two or three minutes, but it, it's annoying, especially when you're nine years old, bro, without a turbo <laughs> controller. So you, um, you put it up and then, you know, she does the rumble on your controller. Whoa. Yeah. I feel like dual shock. Yeah. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So Dude. it's more, yeah. Um, oh man. So, so here's how you escape from the cell. You got a couple options. Um, I think it was like the third, yeah, the third time you get tortured, uh, Otacon comes to your cell with self-camouflage, but he can't break you out, and you're like, why the fuck can't you break me out? He's like, I don't know, I can't fight, I'm not a, I'm yeah. not a fighter. Yeah, um, But he gives you food, so you get a ration, and you get a ketchup bottle. Okay. So, here are your options. You can, um, you can lay on, the, you can, the dude goes to the bathroom because he's sick. Mm-hmm. So you can escape this way. You can hide under the bed, yeah. And then he like comes into the cell, and then <laughs> you can then get it get from under the bed and like choke him out or something, yeah. Um, or you can take the ketchup bottle, lay on the ground, and break it huh. so it looks like you bleed out, and then he comes into the cell. Dude. Now the issue with this way of escaping is that if you touch him in any way, mm-hmm. you get sick. Um, oh. So you start like sneezing, which would like alert the guards, which yeah. you can get medicine for in the in the nuclear depot. What? The so that's that's one way of escaping. This game's so fucking yeah. deep, bro. The second way of escaping is if you go through every single torture six or seven times, yep. the ninja comes and breaks you out. Oh. Yeah. That feels to me like a codec call, like like Campbell giving you the answer yeah. in a codec call. And that is um and that's actually when you find that bomb. 
because oh. when you when you get your shit back, yeah. um, Ocelot put a bomb in there, and if you like let it expire, you'll die. Even if yeah. Oh. So and then you get it. You get a call from Dethrone. It's like, hey, there's a bomb in your shit. Throw it away. Huh. Yeah. Now, which way is the canon release? I don't think there's any canon way. Oh. Yeah. Because they yeah, then they only talk about it or anything like that. Mm. So it's kind of left up to the player if you can even, if you can even figure it out. To be honest. Yeah. That I mean, that's the toughest thing about this game is like this. I mean. I, it is crazy. I was talking to Big Nick about this about Pokemon when because Nick, uh, you know, our friend Nick is like he's so spoiler obsessed that he just won't do anything. He won't even be anywhere near adjacent to a spoiler. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're talking. We were in the car talking about Pokemon types. I promise this is relevant. Um, and we're talking, and he's like, "Oh, what what's good against Steel?" I'm like fire. And he's like, how do you know? I'm like, I've been playing Pokemon for 25 years. Mm -hmm. But the actual answer is like, I looked it up in a fucking Prima strategy guide once. Yeah. Like there was just a table that told me and same thing with metal gear. I'm sure like, like back in the day, it's not that like spoilers weren't as big of a thing, but like strategy guides were like integral. Yeah. Even up until, even up until I'd say like 2000, when did mass effect three come out? 2008, I think 2008, like, Really before like the onset, just like big, so much internet and like social media stuff. It was like strategy guys were it. And strategy guys were sick. They had like cool art. And like I remember I had a Metal Gear. I um after I beat the game, I got a strategy guide from Metal Gear Solid and had this like it had there was a couple really cool things about it. The strategy guide had like descriptions of the stuff that you heard in the game. So for example, um Vulcan Raven, you guys are kind of talking during his boss right before his boss fight. Um Technically, you face him twice. He's also the tank commander. Mm. So the second time you face Vulcan Raven, which is like one-on-one, man-to-man, you you know you kind of get in this talk about like the uh, Eskimo Olympics, and he just tells you about like stuff from the Eskimo Olympics and like how he competed in it. And the strategy guy actually had like some like really good like information about the Eskimo Olympics and like the events that happened during it. (laughs) And just like you're a pro. Yeah. So like, yeah. And like some background (laughs) stuff. And then it also had this like cool ass poster. Yeah. I was going to do, it was always a poster. There was a, there was a, there was a dope poster, Oh man! but I learned so much and I was like, wow, like Eskimo Olympics is like, sounds cool. And like all the guns in the game. Cause all, all, every single gun in Metal Gear Solid is real. Right. And yeah. And I don't, and I, I don't think they uh, like are licensed, so to speak. So they could, they could use, have use of those. Did Metal Gear come with a cool, like jewel case insert? It did. Uh, no, not no, but it had a the um, instruction manual was massive because literally every single button did something. Some right. but most buttons did more than one thing. Right. So the book was the booklet was massive, and obviously it was a double disc jewel case. Mm. So. Because that's something that I miss so much from games today. Like every game that comes out now, they don't even have a, a booklet. There's like fuck it, it's a, piece, like a of paper, piece of paper. Maybe. But like, dude, Halo. I remember it, maybe Halo 2, but I'm pretty sure Halo 1 had like such a fucking deep. It had pictures of the elites, it had pictures mm-hmm. of the grunts, it had like all their fucking stories, whatever. Like the enemies, and yeah. It, it, it even told you in the booklet that if you killed an elite, the grunts would scatter. Yeah. And like that shit just doesn't exist right. now. Like, like it'll be like some, it'll be some like in game tutorial shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, I, so I've been like, within the last year I've been like really getting on collecting like retro games and it's so cool to, to buy complete in box games. Like I bought resident evil two for N64 cause that's like the only version of resident evil two I never played. Oh, um, I didn't know that even existed. Yeah. Oh, oh. 
We'll have to talk. That's crazy. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> that's like literally the fact that that game even exists on N64 is like a miracle. Well, that's for another day. Yeah. So I open it up and there's like, you know, obviously we got the booklet, um, but there's like inserts. Like it's like, oh, uh, subscribe to Nintendo Power and like wow. all of the original inserts are that's still in it. So relic. it's so cool because I didn't own a Nintendo 64. So oh. buying all these games that are pretty much like new, complete yeah. in box and I'm seeing You're all this like shit for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though I can't obviously like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll call a couple of numbers. See if they- <laughs> when I was in Japan, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield came out the day I left. So went to the Pokemon store and bought it. And uh, my girlfriend, she has like, she is like horrible. What's it called when you're in a, like when you're in line and they put like candy, like impulse purchases. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like big impulse purchase and they had just like the fucking guide on the counter and she sees it and she's like, I want this. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it was like 10 bucks. It's like, yeah. whatever. That's the other thing. The strategy guys used to be like expensive. Yeah, they were like they were 20, like, 30 bucks. I was gonna say they were like as much as the fucking game yeah. was. That's I mean, they were, I mean, they were like well produced and well yeah. done. So. It's crazy that the internet just like nuked Primo. Yeah. Like, it's a bummer. I remember very specifically one year I was playing Pokemon and I went to Cerebi.net and uh, I was like, oh, cool. Prima's done. I think Prima actually doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I'll have to check that like, out. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they shut their doors. Yeah. Prima and, uh, Prima had going, yeah, my Metal Gear Solid one was Brady Games. Oh, Brady they Games. They were like, that was the premium shit. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. they were the premium shit? Yeah. Because that was the one they had, like, because usually Primo would be like officially licensed. Yeah. So they would have like they would just have like the um the box art yeah. and whatnot. And so wow, sometimes, the game. sometimes the art yeah. slapped on those. I mean, the art did slap, but sometimes Brady Games would slapped. would be like the third party. So they do all this like extra shit. <laughs> they were um, extra. So like it. yeah, Brady Game like Brady Games was like the, like if I'm sure we can probably find yeah we some do up. some research. Yeah. But yeah, Brady Games had like crazy shit. Huh. Fuck. There was something I was just gonna say about strategy guys um that was like when you bought a game uh, the last strategy guide i ever bought okay i actually have a collector's edition mass effect 3 strategy guide i need to sell that and make money off of it but i have i bought nick bought me uh the skyrim strategy guide Mm. this was actually when i realized that these people were fucking toast they (laughs) nick bought me this skyrim strategy guide you know, that game's fucking huge. The book is like this fucking yeah. big. And then I just downloaded it to my iPad. I stole <laughs> it off the internet and downloaded it. It was like two megabytes. Yeah. And like, it was just on my iPad. Another thing that I had on my iPad was every book from Skyrim. Like, you know, how oh, yeah, you can read yeah, the books. Read them. I, had a, I had an ebook of all the books from Skyrim. How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. I guess we're talking about, I think this is a marker that the podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we kind of nailed, yeah, we kind of. Yeah, other thing, but yeah, this was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play Metal Gear Solid right now. Like, dude, do like you think I'm, I'm hunting down? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure I can find a copy easy enough, but I definitely want a physical copy to play of MGS One. So, yeah, yeah, and you can play it on your PS2. Yeah, PS2. Yeah, PS2 has the CPU for PlayStation One. Oh, I think there's only the fat PS2, not the slim one. Oh. The slim one, eh, I could be lying. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, the PS2 has the CPU for PS1 in there, so it plays all the games. Now, if if I wanted to play today, mm-hmm. how do you think I should play it? Your easiest way would yeah. obviously be to buy a PlayStation Classic, Classic for 20 bucks. Okay. Um, if you want to play it the real way, find a copy, and then I'll let you borrow my PS2. <sighs> it's it's going to be cheap. It's going to be cheaper to buy the PS Classic. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. 
And you think that you think that I should lead with with Metal Gear Solid One mm-hmm. on the PlayStation One. Honestly, then, what I what I think if if there was a sequence of events that I think you should go through, I think you should play Metal Gear Solid One, then Metal Gear Solid Two, then play Twin Snakes. One then two to experience the engine. Yeah, to experience the engine, like and kind of how it was meant to, because that was just like the first game in the series um, that used that that used like that engine. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, and I think it just makes sense. And then also the story disposition that you get out of Metal Gear Solid Two that kind of gives you the idea that Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes is just like a simulation. Um, mm. I think it's just like a really cool thing. So we're believing the crazies on the internet. Yeah, we're believing. You're one of the crazies. I'm the on crazy. The I know. It makes sense. It makes sense because Snake didn't do like backflips and shit. Raiden, however, was super agile, um, doing backflips, hanging off of shit and whatnot. Where's Snake doing these backflips? Because I could watch the movie. You could. Um, oh, so, so in Metal Gear, in the original Metal Gear Solid One, you know, you get. When you get to the tank, he kind of blasts you and you kind of like dodge out of the way. Yeah. Um, in the Twin Snakes, when you get blasted, he does like this like crazy bullshit. <laughs> like Yoda yeah. from the Clone Wars. Right. Like yeah. pirouettes through yeah, the Yeah. And so there's like a couple of um, instances of like shit like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, sounds like we have a new game to stream. Yeah. Let's do I it. think I'm, I think I'm going to get my hands on a PS1 classic. Because do you think like the PS2 version, it, I mean, I, I am. Something tells me that the PS1 Classic version would be like a little sharper. Than- no, actually, because no. they kind of. Um, this is just like a elitist. I mean, I it's probably fine. Okay. Um, this is just like an elitist perspective. Um, they kind of like the PS, the PS Classic, and the Nintendo Classics. They kind of biffed it on the emulation on those, and it's just really? like dog shit. Yeah. Really? It's not even like it's like a they like technically use emulator illegally because they're like you're not supposed to use it for commercial use or whatever um (laughs) and apparently they didn't even use a good one like they didn't like just use fucking psxe but they didn't they used some like dog show one that no one's ever heard about um but i digress yeah so that's why and there there are like sharpening options on ps2 for ps1 games um so do you think i should just run it on psxe then you just do psxe fine that's Uh honestly that's your easy that's that'll be easy as shit I have an ISO, so I can just. There's no no part of it's janked up. It's not like I didn't experience anything. Game, I don't. I don't remember experiencing anything that fucked the game up for me. Mm. Okay, well, I guess that's it, dude. I'm just gonna have to play it. Yeah, just run it, run it. Well, everybody, yeah. thank you for listening to the first episode of Restore Point. Uh, you know, we're gonna keep going from here. The there is basically nothing that uh, we love more than talking video games with our boys. Exactly. And uh, we've also decided that there's basically nothing that we won't cover as long as it's not like a current gen game. Like, like, yeah. like I was thinking about like Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect to me doesn't feel like it's not like a retro game, but like the last good entry in that game was like a decade yeah. ago. It also like, what was the first one? Like 2008? Mm. Mm. Wait. The first one, I meant. Oh, yeah. The first one was 2000. So that's like... Oh, let's, oh, let's do a little research. I gotta know, dude. Let's Mass see. Effect One. I guess 2008 makes sense. I think 2008 also makes sense. 2007. Yeah, that's just 12 years old. That's old, yeah. bro. I guess that's an that's old. Game. That's entire lifetime. Yeah, you know, I was doing? and even Skyrim is like yeah. pretty old. I was working at fucking GameStop in 2007. That's crazy. Well. So that's it. We're going to keep talking about games. uh, And if you like it, please subscribe to our podcast feed. Watch us on YouTube where you can look at us 
for whatever reason. Edited, maybe. Talk about Edited games. for time. I think we did pretty good. I think we did pretty yeah. good. I mean, I don't really give, give a shit. Yeah. You're going to get the full Monty. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for hanging out. I'm Sean. I'm Devin. And uh, this is Restore Point. Peace out. Peace out.